next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, you know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Who that? And welcome back to Canal Street Chronicles podcast. I'm your host as always, Brendan Ertle. Today, yes, I'm here with Nate Williamson. Nate, what's up? How's it going? What's going on, man? Long time no see. I know, right? Well, nine days away from the draft. How do you feel? It's your favorite, favorite part of the year, draft oh, day. Dude, I'm always hyped for it. I am. We're doing, um, I, I, you're doing a stream, so I'm going to hop on with you. That's going to be awesome. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Uh, I'm helping Jake with his normal streams. It's be the fifth year that we've done that, which is just absolutely insane. Uh, it feels crazy. Uh, the draft before, I mean, before we started doing that, I was never huge into it, but now I just feel like it's taken over my entire year, uh, in a good way. It's a lot of fun. Um, this year's draft, you know, it was my first, uh, year in the adult world. So I had a little less time, but I think we made it work. Uh, and I think we both brought a fun mock draft for you guys later on, as well as some good information before then. Yeah, I am not in the adult world yet, <laughs> so I did my studying. Um, but let's talk about the draft picks first. We have eight picks. Eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's a ton of picks for the Saints. It's the second most Sean Payton's ever had. Um, of course, we have the first, second, two-thirds, fourth, sixth, a seventh, my question to you, Nate, do the Saints come out of the draft with eight players? No, there is no chance. And truthfully, we were talking a little bit about this. I think it would be foolish of them to do it on the fact eight players are not going to make this roster from a draft. It, it This is a good draft year. I just don't think that there's any chance all eight guys would find themselves on the roster. So you're better up to trade up, try and you know compliment guys that you have now with more um, immediate impact starters or bench players, uh, you know, coming into the team this year, rather than worrying about the future as much. Uh, we know the saints have been the type of team to maneuver the future while improving the current. Um, and I, I think they're really good at that. And I think we'll see that again this year. The thing last year was like, let's trade our late picks because it's not, it's going to be hard to find a guy that's going to help improve this roster. And even just, get a roster spot. And yeah, we've lost some main guys like Janoris Jenkins, Justin Hardy, Sheldon Rankins, but this roster still remains to be, can you find eight players in this draft that will make the roster? Probably not. It's still a really, really good roster. I mean, there's obvious holes that we'll talk about, but I will, I, like you said, I think it's foolish if the saints come out of this draft with eight players because they won't, they all eight won't make the roster and they could come out with more than eight. Or they could do in a scenario where they have less players, trade up, trade down, whatever. Um, let's talk about some of the biggest needs. And obviously the first one is corner. Yeah, I mean, Ed, that's the clear cut thing. And I think you said it best last episode, you know, uh, the Saints fans are panicking. Where is this corner number two going to come from? We lost Jack Rabbit, who had arguably for some time been a corner number one when we saw Marshawn Lattimore slip up or be injured just a little bit uh, as the Saints dealt with that. And, uh, you know, you don't want to send what they have currently out there uh, to start a full season. There is no way you're looking at that positively if they do. 
uh, unless they are planning, you know, maybe like you talked about for Richard Sherman, um, which, you know, I just don't see happening. I, I, I truthfully don't. Um, I think there's probably some interest, but I think he'll probably garner more attention and more money from other teams uh, with a little more flexibility and a little more desire to take an older cornerback uh, kind of on the downhill of his career. Well, yeah, it's going to be super important to just try and get at least one corner from this draft. It's a really, really good class. And if you want to find a starter, you can find one in round one easily because there's about four or five quality starters you can get in that first round. Um, but is the question turns to is are the Saints too deep in this draft class to get one of those five guys? Um, I guess we'll find out on draft day. Guys like Caleb Farley, he has questions with his back. Could he go earlier than we think? Uh, Greg Newsom, Asante Samuel, J.C. Horn, those three, four, five guys, could they go earlier? And, of course, Patrick Sertan, there's no way we get him unless we trade two future picks. Yeah. Um, but do we absolutely 100% need to draft a corner in this class? No. Don't reach for one if it's not there. You can go into, like I said, free agency. Uh, you can try to get a Richard Sherman and a Casey Hayward, guys like that, maybe a Bradley, Bradley Roby. Uh, state corner and makes sense um but it also makes sense because the day after the draft that's when the comp pick formula stops so that won't hurt them next year with with draft picks if they have to give sherman four five six million or something like that so if they don't draft a corner if they don't get the one that they love go get a richard sherman for a year just be your bridge guy to find your next corner because you don't want marshall animal playing next to patrick robinson next year for 17 games this time, um, especially Patrick Robinson, just because he can't stay healthy. Um, but if we absolutely had to, P. Rob can win you a few games. I mean, he did it last year. But corner is a big hole. Another one is obviously linebacker because the exit of Quan Alexander. Yes, he's still out there. Yes, we could still re-sign him. Um, but coming off that Achilles tear, it's, it's just something hard. We're seeing DeMarcus Cousins. I always bring him up because he's a great example. He was playing at the prime of his career. He tore the Achilles with the Pelicans, and he's just now, two, three years later, getting back into his all-star-ish form, and he's still not even there. Right. So we don't know where Quan will be. Uh, maybe they can bring him back after the draft on a cheap deal, but still I try and draft a linebacker in this class. Yeah, I, I would as well. I, I think it's really important to at least pick up somebody. And, you know, a lot of healthy legs – um, a lot of the importance with the draft is finding healthy legs and having people come in that can make an impact right away. Even if it's a minimal impact, it's definitely better than what they've got right now and what they arguably what they had last year when Quan went down. Now, when Quan was healthy and Quan was active, we could talk about that all day because yeah, that was impressive, uh, sure. especially. And now he obviously was out with an injury and um, more likely than not going to go somewhere else. But uh Anything drafted would probably be an improvement over what they're looking like they're going to send out right now. Yeah, absolutely. And the last kind of position of need would I, I would say wide receiver. And it's just because we've lost Emmanuel Sanders and you would have to rely on guys like Traquan, uh, Marcus Callaway to step up, uh, Deontay Harris as well. Those are three main guys. If we go in the season with those guys, I mean, that that's okay. I think Traquan Smith – um, we'll have, I don't, I don't want to say anything that I'll, I'll regret later, but I think we'll have one of his <laughs> best year of his careers with Jameis just because with Drew, Drew is getting the ball. He's looking for 
um, okay, Michael Thomas has run that route well. Let me hit him with the ball. Traquan Smith is more of like a let me just run this like this, and then I'll get open right here. And but he he finds ways to get open. But Drew just can't wait all day. And once Traquan finally gets open, it's 25, 30 yards downfield. But as we saw in the Bucks game, I mean, Traquan can find ways to get open. He had a great game against them. Uh, he could step up and be that next guy. But I still, I there's plenty of receivers in this draft you can go and pluck and just be the second or third or maybe even fourth guy. Um, we'll list off some names here in a second, but I think those are the main three going into the draft. Yeah, no doubt. I, I 100% agree. Um, you know, it is a deep class, uh, and I think we'll see uh, with our two drafts. You know, the Saints have a lot of picks and a lot of movability, so it's going to be interesting to see exactly what they walk away with and what they walk into the season with. Well, let's start talking about these prospects because I, I love these prospects, especially at the top of the draft. And it's we have, uh, let's see, four picks, psych, one, two, three, four, five picks in the first 133 picks. So um, we can get some guys to retool this team. And one of the main positions is obviously linebacker. Um, looking at that first round territory, don't want to give up too much of our mock drafts, but. Um, could they go linebacker 28? Hell yeah, they could. Uh, we have JOK from Notre Dame. I'm not going to try to say his name. I'll, if we draft <laughs> him, I will study my, my butt off to get his name right, but I'm not going to right now. Um, the Saints have spent a ton of time with Xavier Collins from Tulsa. That would be a very Saints pick to take, to take him. Um, Jeff Ireland was at his pro day. Uh, big, big athletic linebacker. Um, would fit perfect next to Demarrell Davis, guys like Nick Bolton, Jabril Cox, Dylan Moses, and just guys like that. But um, this wide receiver class is really intriguing to me in rounds two, three. If we can get a guy like Bateman, maybe Marshall Slips, they got Ron Moore, Elijah Moore, Tylon Wallace. I mean, there's tons of guys that the Saints can come away with in the second, third round that can be like first round talent. Yeah, no doubt. It is an absolutely stacked wide receiver class. Uh, and, you know, you can even move further down the line. I know we were talking about Simi Fehoko and Josh Matterbebe. You know, you even go further than that. And there's some impressive guys that can give you certain tools and certain skill sets that the Saints could really work with. You know, you hear a lot about Sage Surratt. You hear a lot about Brandon Smith uh, out of Iowa. Dax Milne out of BYU has become a favorite. Um, and even, you know, you can go down that list and pick out names that to people who have looked at the draft and to who would recognize these names are now household names. And, you know, as impressive as that is, some of these guys are going to end up going in the fourth or fifth round. Uh, that can be solid wide receiver three, wide receiver four, definitely, maybe even wide receiver two type prospects. It's always interesting to see how teams approach a deep positional draft class because some will reach, some will hold off. And uh, I'll tell you which ones I think are the smarter ones out of those two options, but uh, it's not the ones who reach up. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that this class, especially for the saints, um, getting a wide receiver late could maybe be even more beneficial. Um, we've just look at the old hit miss rate just between the saints drafting like receivers, linebackers, corners, <clears throat> guys like that. The saints have hit on a ton of wide receiver picks. They've had Troy Kwan, Yeah. It's been a meh but he still has a chance to be good. Um, look at all the other picks. I mean, you at home, just think, Kenny Stills, Marcus Colston, Michael Thomas in the second round, Brandon Cooks, all these guys 
guys have been really good. I mean, think of a guy that they've drafted that hasn't really panned out. Maybe a Nick Toon if you're being really picky. But um, <laughs> I forgot about Nick Toon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no reason to remember him. But you look at corner and look at the guys they've drafted at corner late. It's been lots of misses, tons. So I think it's important if you're going to take a corner, take one early. And you can find a wide receiver like a Frank Darby, a Kate Johnson, a Cornell Powell late in the draft that can get you 40, 50 catches in a year, maybe develop into a bigger wide receiver. But right now the Saints have three good guys behind Michael Thomas who can fight for that wide receiver position. So I don't think it's a need to necessarily get a Jalen Waddle or something crazy like that. Just go get one of the guys that you can maybe groom or develop into something. Um, but Sean Payton was at the golf course today, switching topics a little bit. Um, talking about the draft class a little bit. And he said, this is a deep tight end and O-line class. And that was really interesting to me because I was looking at the tight ends. And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, they're good. They're good at the top, but at the bottom, they get kind of slim. Um, Brevin Jordan, Tommy Tremble, Hunter Long, John Bates, guys like that. Um, when he mentioned the O-line class is deep, it just got my heart like, don't take an O-lineman first round. Just don't do it. Just please don't do it. Uh, oh, but he is going to do it. It's going to happen. There's no doubt in my mind that it's going to happen. Uh, and it might happen earlier than we would like. <laughs> I hope they don't, but the good thing is that this, he said the Saints quarterback position is not a must, and that's been a thing that we've been talking about is um, could the Saints still be in the quarterback market this draft, and it seems like they won't be. I mean, maybe they could draft a guy in the seventh round who maybe looks like Taysom Hill, but he's not. Um, but for the most part, they won't be in the quarterback market. I mean, they'll see what they have in Jamison Taysom and move on from there. They're not going to be triggering up to pick 10 to take Trey Lance or something. Just kidding. Um, just you guys will figure it out soon. Um, <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> but kind of switching topics. Do you want to jump right in that mock draft? I think that'd be fun. Yeah, let's do it. I accidentally X'd out of my mock draft before I saved it, but I remember what the picks were, so we'll be good. And I will let you start with your first round pick. I assume you have a first round pick. I have a first round pick. There were a and lot of trades, but you had a first round pick. <laughs> I had a first round pick for those who cannot see at home. I'm wearing an FSU shirt and those who, I mean, everyone can't see me. I hope, I hope you guys can't see me. If you I'm can, wearing an that's FSU creepy. shirt. The, the saints have selected Asante Samuel jr. Florida state. The, the former legend Asante Samuel, they take his son. Hopefully his son is better. They take him at 28. They sit. Um, he was the only corner among those really five elite corners that was available. And I was like, I got to take him. Um, so their next pick is pick 60. And I had a guy in mind. I don't know if the Saints do or not because he's from LSU. But I traded up to pick 48. I traded 60, 105, and 229 up to the Raiders to take linebacker Jabril Cox. I'm super, super excited about that pick. Uh, they come out with Asante Samuel and Jabril Cox in the first two rounds. Big fan of that. Um, their next pick would be um, 93 which I ended up taking Tommy Trumbull, tight end from Notre Dame. I think they could still add a tight end in this class. Um, it's a good class, like I mentioned before. It's a deep class. Sean Payton likes it. They got Adam Troutman. They got Nick Vanette. But they've always kind of rolled with three tight ends. And Trumbull's a guy who can block well, catch well. I think he just fits the mold of a Saints tight end. So I took him at 98. Um, moving on, 133 to fourth round. 
I got my wide receiver. It's Cornell Powell from Clemson. Um, I'm a big fan of this kid. I saw him at the Senior Bowl, and he played in the slot. He played outside. I think he could fit perfect in the Saints offense, um, can run whatever route. And I think Sean Payton would love to have a versatile guy like that. Had a touchdown in the Senior Bowl as well. Great dude there. And it wouldn't not be a Saints draft class without trading a future pick. That's exactly what they do. We I trade pick 166, or I get pick 166, and I trade my future fifth-round pick next year, 218, 255, so I get rid of both my seventh-round picks. And I go up and take a household name in New Orleans, David Moore, guard, Grambling State. There Ooh. we go. Okay, I approve. I like that. It gives some variability. There's some interesting ones and some surefire ones. Mm-hmm. I I very much approve of one of your picks, and I think you'll understand why. But I think my simulator was a little nicer to me uh, on where I got him. But we'll get into that. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. So to start off just with this absolute bombshell and to further elaborate on uh, the small joke that was made just about 30, 40 seconds ago. For my first round, I was offered a deal that I simply could not refuse. I was offered by the New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick coming in clutch for next year's two and third round picks, as well as this year's seventh and this year's first to trade up to pick 15 with the New England Patriots. Now, I thought about this one for about 20 seconds. So, you know, I was really thinking about it. I was thinking hard. There were a couple guys left we could have taken. I was thinking Zayvon Collins, because actually he ended up going right after that. You know, a lot of guys still on the board. Azizo Dulari, many regard him as the first edge in this class. Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, that's always a tongue twister, and I love him for it. It's an awesome NFL name. But there was one position that I thought was not a need, and it was not a need so much (laughs) that I drafted one. And Trey Lance is making his way down Canal Street as we speak to accept being drafted by the New Orleans Saints at the first round pick, number 15. At the expense of this year's first, next year's second, next year's third, and this year's seventh. I wouldn't be mad at it. No, it's not a horrible deal, honestly. Mm -hmm. If they're going to take a quarterback, I would just as soon them do that rather than take Kellen Mond in the third because that is just not good. I don't care what you say. Why not? Yeah, if if they're calling, we're picking up the phone, in my opinion. Now, I'm not Mickey Loomis. I'm not Sean Payton. If I were, I'd wear a lot nicer clothing because I'd have a lot more money. But we moved on (laughs) to the second round just like they will. And my second round pick was Asante Samuel Jr. Oh, Mine was a little bit nicer. I do believe I traded up a couple picks, and that's where my sixth round pick was gotten rid of. So we were actually down to a couple less picks here, uh, including down one of our seven and our sixth. And after that, we came into the third round, and I thought, well, we have another very glaring need uh, that we obviously have to try and fill, and that's at the linebacker position. So why not grab somebody who's fallen a little bit recently, but is going to be able to pick up if he stays healthy and be a key contributor? I think that is – an understatement to how good he would be if he was healthy. And that's Dylan Moses out of Alabama Uh, picking him up in the third round. You know, sometimes you take a flyer on guys. I truly think that 
Zach Bond is going to have to move to edge at some point if he is going or play more at edge, I should say, if he's going to be a contributing uh, player in this defense. That's what he did at Wisconsin. It was a big deal for him to be there. Now we bring in a true middle linebacker. Don't have to worry about that to play under, learn under, and rest under Demario Davis and get that, um, get his legs right and get into the right spot. So Dylan Moses is also coming uh, in this draft class. Now, number four is where we started to kind of, um, change things a little bit at 133 overall. I ended up taking Dalen Hayes. And for those of you that don't know, he's an edge out of Notre Dame. Uh, he's widely regarded by a couple. Well, that didn't make any sense. He's widely regarded by the people that I listen to and I, I trust as one of the more polished prospects of all the outside rushers in this class. Uh, I truthfully, after seeing what I've seen of him, think he could start tomorrow and produce. And, and you know, he's available in the fourth round. But if you focus just on him, you'll see a nice fit for the 4-3. And he fits our defense definitely better than a lot of defenses, which is why normally he's available in this fourth-round pick. And truthfully, if you give him a rotational first year, after that, he, you know, he could just move up very quickly. Battering ramps for hands, elite agility for somebody that's that big. And you know he could end up carving out a big role for himself at the next level. And uh, even though he's not the biggest guy, he's a pretty big dude, six, three and a half, two sixty one. He could come in, maybe slot inside a little bit, but it would be good to see him out on the edge. I think Dennis Allen could have a lot of fun with him. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I would it, not be mad with that at all. No, not at all. it sounds nice when you say it out loud, right? <laughs> but truthfully, it's probably going to be like Trey Hill or somebody on the interior offensive line mm -hmm. uh, because that's typical. Uh, what's not typical is for somebody to have a 40 inch vertical, at least in the real world in the NFL, it might not be that odd. Uh, and for me, the physical skill sets of Josh and matter baby wide receiver out of Illinois limited playing time because he transferred in from you, uh, USC. I almost said UCLA, but it was USC. Um, he came in, uh, and you know, with very, very lacking quarterback play, I can say that as I miserably have to watch every Illinois game because I don't know why I did that to myself at a young age to be a fan and attend there, but I did, uh, really just somebody that can stand out physically. He can go up and get it in the corner on an out route. You know, he's a guy that has a lot of skill sets. He's fast. He can jump. His hands aren't the best. And he did drop a few balls, which is scary for someone at the next level, but I really think those physical skill sets, uh, that physical skill set is going to lend him and take him a long way, and he'll be an interesting prospect for the Saints. So my you, last pick – oh, no, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, we talked about this before, and we were talking about that sounds a lot like Justin Hardy, and there's a position on the team that could uh, yeah. take that spot. Yeah, and both guys out of Illinois. So mm -hmm. it's, it's fun how that works. <laughs> so my last pick, we had one seventh rounder left. And uh, this was one that I had to think about because there really wasn't anybody that really stuck out to me. Um, but knowing the Saints love for the offensive line, they're not going to get out of this draft without taking one. I refuse to believe it. Uh -huh. I don't think it'll be in the seventh round like this was. So with 229, uh, we traded away 255. I didn't say that earlier, but with 229, we actually took Cole Van Lanen. He's from Wisconsin. Uh, you might know another very solid offensive tackle out of Wisconsin uh, if you're a Saints fan. And that said, offensive tackle, Ryan Ramchek, if you didn't catch on to that, 
is set to enter free agency after next season. You know, it would be nice to kind of add somebody like Van Landen, who's just a mauler up front. He's got experience. He started a couple years at Wisconsin, known for their offensive line. He's got an NFL-ready game, in my opinion, and I think he's another guy, just like Dalen Hayes, that could step in to start uh, either this year or next year. Naturally, we hope and pray that he does not have to start this year. Uh, because that means something bad happened. Mm -hmm. But next year, if either Ramchek or Armstead depart, he could be part of the uh, the player pool that would try and fill up to Pro Bowl tackles on both ends. Good stuff. I mean, if you look at both our drafts, we all got a corner, linebacker, and a receiver. I mean, that's the three main things. And we, we found a way to get it, and we found our way to trade future picks and get our linemen. It looks like a Saints draft to me. Yeah, it does. We still worked in the lineman. It was all good. Sean Payton's going to be happy with it. Uh, and uh, lots of fresh legs on the offensive line. <laughs> good stuff. I mean, we're nine days away. I'm sure we'll be coming at you guys with a podcast sooner um, or before the draft starts. But if not, send you guys, send us your, uh, your mock drafts. We want to see it. We want to critique them. We want to make fun of them like you're doing with ours. So send them over. Um I'm going to hint out of maybe a Canal Street Chronicles live stream during the draft. It's in the works. We'll figure that out for you guys and then give you guys more information, but we'll let you guys know about that. But we're back. We're ready for the draft, and I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I mean, as usual, I'm Brendan. He's Nate. Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Let's go. We on a roll.